Hello and welcome to the Homebrew Magic Podcast. My name is Nelson, and with me as always are my two friends... In the world. In the world. <laughs> Chanel and Teach, how are you guys doing tonight? Oh, what up, hive mind? I'm coming off of a fantastic VDH win, so I am high as a kite. Yes. <laughs> Emotionally. Not, I, not chemically altered yet, as you may be able to hear the ice sloshing in my drink. That was the longest game we've played in a long time. Like just from a pure, you know, time to time to complete standpoint. But also, uh, <laughs> because I, of Teach, I will <laughs> no, not just because yeah, of Teach. Oh, that notwithstanding, uh, but also that's the first time I've ever played against a Shrines deck, and now I know to never insult the Shrines because <laughs> because yeah, it, it turns out that Eldritch Gods can in fact die to tables sitting in the woods. Yeah, your table sitting in the woods really gave the the old one two to my Eldrazi deck. So, um, yeah, that was fun. That was fun. We got our weekly VDH in, and and uh, it was a good it was a good game. Kozlik versus Korvold versus Sisse, um, right? Yes, Sisse yes. was technically there. And it's is it remind me is that Weatherlight Captain or is that no that's uh, joyra that's Weatherlight Captain? Um, um, no, what's it's Sisse? It's Sisse Weatherlight Captain. Oh, it is okay. Um, a boat can have multiple captains over its lifespan. That's true, and or my wing, brain's fried or anyway. Wingspan, at this point. I suppose, in the case of a flying boat. That's true. That's true. So, uh, yeah. So we did not get a chance to um, span do mean. anything last week other than play VDH. We didn't get a chance to record a podcast episode. So we are uh, going to spend the majority of our time tonight talking about um, Tej's Sultai Mutate deck led by Vorash the Hunter. So before we get into that, uh, let's take a couple minutes here and talk about what you guys have been up to lately. I think, um, you know, let's, uh, Chanel, you start tonight. Um, I have been cleaning my magic office I suppose is what I'm going to call it now. Uh, <laughs> since since the store is still on indefinite hiatus at this point, uh, I've recreated most of the magic components of it in my spare bedroom upstairs. And it's complete with a display case and all of my boxes because it's much easier to just rebuild a store than it is to put stuff into storage. Um, I so found... do, you have it, do you have it set up so it's like a little teeny tiny store and then you just go in there and play pretend? Uh, kind, kind, yeah, actually. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the, the, the countertop kind of divide or the glass display case kind of divides the room and then I can sit behind the counter and I usually just sort cards or listen to Pandora or whatever while I'm pretending to run a store that nobody comes into. <laughs> Thor come in there and you yell at him for leaning on the glass. Yeah, my cat comes in and just <laughs> knocks piles of cards down and goes, I'm not paying for that. I'm like, how the fuck can you talk? <laughs> you yeah, spending money on. tonight, Thor. Yeah. 10% off damage merchandise. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> marking cards. These are mine now. <laughs> no, you've been neutered. You can't mark things as I'm pissing on them. <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> As long as you guys aren't hanging out in the store upstairs of your house cheesing, you know. Um. <laughs> yes. Oh, God, cheesing. cheesing. But most importantly, I found my old standard deck um, that I built in uh, what we what we lovingly refer to as the before times. Uh, so nothing past uh, Throne of Eldraine in this deck, because that was the... M- or no, uh, there were a couple of Theros cards. So it was right after Theros came out that I built my uh, blue-black standard mill deck and went, oh my god, finally my mill deck gets more upgrades because I was running mill before with uh, the Throne of Eldraine release cards that really gave it a bump. But then I got to add the uh, new Ashiok Nightmare Muse and I think that was the main component that gave me the little extra boost. Uh, I also had the sideboard option of Thassa's Oracle just in case my opponent uh, mainboards Leyline of Sanctity against me, I can just, or sideboards Leyline against me, then I can uh, go Thassa's Oracle and just start milling the hell out of myself. It's true. And that's how I that's how I alternate wind. Um, but since I haven't had a chance to play standard since the <laughs> pre-COVID times, um, I'm going to be disassembling this deck and turning it into my new stand or my new mill deck which I started playing. It's mono blue currently. 
Unfortunately, there's only three cards out of this deck that I could possibly shift over, but there are so many more options if I swap it to blue-black. So i got to figure out what I want to run as my commander. So that's what I'm going to be working on this week. And then, oh, excuse me. Um, I figured if we're going to keep doing the deck tech episodes, that we can just keep cycling through uh, one of my decks, one of Tej's decks, one of Nelson's decks, and then yeah. we just keep going and going and going. So the mill deck will be the next one up on deck for me. Get it? Uh, cool. And then we can get a chance to hopefully, what, two weeks from now? Go over it, talk about it. Um, so yeah, I've been sorting cards, trying to get stuff a little bit more organized. Um, still pulling singles for people, running deliveries. I dropped off a box of uh, War of the Spark to somebody in a Walmart parking lot today. That was a lot of fun. Nice. Uh, several several transactions have happened in the Walmart parking lot. <laughs> Don't <laughs> tell Walmart. <laughs> I was going to say, and they're not just magic transactions. Uh, no, they are just magic transactions. Oh, oh okay. wait, no, no. I sold some 40K. I sold some, uh, some demons. Go. Sold some demons to a guy. <laughs> um, but... Uh, most recently, I played a game of uh, VDH with uh, two close friends, and I played a stupid deck that did nothing, did nothing, did nothing, and then fucking won. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. Was, that was how Shrines with Sisse, which the deck, as I stated during the game, it, it started out as just a, hey, uh, there are these uh, sanctuaries out of Apocalypse that there was one for each color. That's kind of cool. I'm going to build around that, where it's a five-color just cycles of things deck. And then with Ravnica, I added the the Shocklands, I added the, I think, Key Runes and Signets. Did I, did I run those? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and just several different sets that did, like, oh, yeah, we're doing stuff for all the color combinations. I went, yeah, I'm going to build that deck. I've got all the charms from Ravnica as well. So that was a big, like, big part of the deck. And just recently, with M21's release, um, because I had all the original Kamigawa shrines in there, I'm like, hey, they brought shrines back as a thing. Which, they were always kind of just okay. Now they've gotten to the point where they can actually output enough damage or do enough life gain to really, really get the game ended, finally. Which is what that deck had been missing, is just an ultimate answer to things. Because, yeah, I can draw a bunch of cards. Can't really do anything other than just play more permanents and swing out with a bunch of crappy, you know, artifact creatures or something, but uh, some of the new additions to that deck have really made it go, and I love the epic spell Enduring Ideal, where just every upkeep I get to grab another piece of my complicated enchantment machine that just keeps building on itself, and the first thing I grabbed uh, was Paradox Haze, the card that gives me an extra upkeep, so that during my upkeep, when all I can do is during my upkeep stuff, I have an extra upkeep to upkeep. <laughs> yep. I, won, I won during my upkeep <laughs> we, we talked a couple weeks ago about the importance of enchantment removal and oh, uh, God, it was yeah. it was important <laughs> um, that and the fact that and the fact in one oh sorry turn, yeah. for 24 right uh, yeah and the fact that you know Tej had big big fat flying Korvold and then I had big fat you know, on the ground Eldrazi Titans uh, that couldn't get through your stupid ensnaring bridge. <laughs> yeah. uh, that really allowed you to build up that board and, and oh. uh, just destroy us. Yeah. Ensnaring in, in bridge by far, uh, I think, really gave me the board control I needed to just lock oh, yeah. things down and win, which is why every deck that you possibly could throw a reliquary tower into, you should, except if you also have Ensnaring Bridge and plan on just filling your hand up with stuff you can't cast because you played an epic spell like an idiot magic player. <laughs> it was the perfect storm of stupid cards. We got it there. It worked out great. You, you <laughs> certainly got there. Um, Tej killed me with a, with a, a volcano, and then you killed Tej <laughs> with your tables in the woods. Yeah, and uh, that was the best part, because when I saw Valakut, I tried to get rid of uh, the Dryad of Elysian Grove, which you just friggin' uh, chaos warped and hid into your deck until you gen-waved it back out. That's true. That was yep. that was a fantastic, like, which, which card is it under? Find the queen, find the queen. Oh, <laughs> didn't find it. Here's the nipple. Nelson loses. <laughs> Here's the nipple. Yep. Nelson loses. <laughs> <laughs> That's hashtag story of my life. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Teach, how's how's magic been in your week? Uh, uneventful. 
Honestly, share, share share your magic with us. Um, <laughs> we played VDH. Who uh, Monday? Did we play Monday? Oh yeah, Monday. Yep. Oh yeah. Uh, we played Monday, and then I had to work at five o'clock every goddamn morning this week. <laughs> nice. So, um, starting to get to be my busy time at my job. So uh, that took up a lot of time. But between the last time we recorded um, and today, nothing of consequence really happened, um, except uh, finally putting the finishing touches on this deck we're going to talk about tonight. Yeah. Um, I took that first spin on Monday. That's what I did, and it was a lot of fun. It worked. Uh, so <laughs> I'm excited saying, yeah, to... You, you won with that deck, which is why game two I ran my interpretation of the Mutate deck. Yes. And you won. And also yeah. won. <laughs> Mutate um, for the win. So I'm excited to talk about this deck. Uh, then tonight I ran I ran Corvold uh, because I cracked a box of Zendikar Rising and found a couple cards I wanted to put in Corvold. Um, and as these things normally happen, uh, didn't see either one of those cards all game. So <laughs> still have no idea how they work. Uh, but I assume well. Um <laughs> So yeah, my magic story this week is short and sweet. Nelson? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think what I've done. So we did we did some VDH on, on Monday, uh, and the first game, you, well, let's put it this way. You two played the first game uh, <laughs> I watched yeah. because my Talrin deck got me like three or four islands the entire time, even though I even, even in-game shuffled it up multiple times. And, uh, yeah, that, that did not go well. Um, and then I played Kozilek the second time around, and that was just a really good... I, I believe, Tej, you played the Ur-Dragon Precon then, right? Yes. And, Sh- and Schnell yeah. played his 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 take on the Mutate deck, and I played uh, my Eldrazi, uh, my Kozilek Eldrazi counterspells. And that was a really good game. That Schnell ended up winning. Yeah, and then tonight fun. we played again, and uh, I ended up playing... Um, Eldrazi again because I've actually been going through uh, some of my decks and pulling pieces for an Anawan the Rune Thief deck I'm hoping to run before we record uh, next week, Friday. So that, uh, you know, I just need certain pieces. Like, I, I think I pulled my Biden of Thassa and a Reality Shift out of Talrind, and I pulled some some of the um, blue-black uh, lands out of, like, Atraxa and my Bolas deck. So I didn't have anything... I thought I had enough time to put Anawan together and try him out tonight, but I was about 10 cards short by the time I wanted to start, so I just grabbed the the Eldrazi deck. Uh, other than that, I did fire up Arena just to see what the standard environment is like um, now that Omnath has been banned, and it sounds like uh, standard might be a little bit more fun again. So not just Omnath, but um, Lucky Clover uh, got the ban hammer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and then what was the other one? Into the Wilds? Was, was it that one? Yeah, the red green, the red yes. green uh, thing. Yeah, so so those. I wanted to see what it looked like because I hadn't played in a long time, and I had a little bit of time to kill one day. And I actually built a blue black rogues deck. Um, I had a ton of wild cards and uh, coins that I didn't even realize I had. So I bought a bunch of Zendikar packs, and um, it, it's been nice that so much shit has been banned because then you get free wild cards. <laughs> um, so. I, I got some of those for, I don't even remember because it was old bannings. Like, I didn't even have any Omnaths or anything, but um, I, essentially, yeah, I built a blue-black rogues deck, and that was a ton of fun. It's it's a mill sub-theme, um, and it's a blast with stuff like uh, Nighthawk Scavenger and the um, the Merfolk Wind Robber. That one's, that one's been a lot of fun. Soaring Thought Thief. There's just some really cool stuff uh, in black and blue, which are two colors that I really like to play together. Um, so, yeah, I, I had fun going through and actually playing some arena for the first time in ages and uh beat red deck wins beat some other you know mono black mid-range it looked like and things like that so i I saw a good variety of different different decks so it was it was nice actually to get to play some of the new stuff because you know it just feels so weird still that we're in this this state of the world that we're in where it's not necessarily safe to be you know doing that in person right now um plus you know the other thing is (laughs) is half the stuff even in print when it's supposed to be like we were i was looking forward to and i'm sure you guys were too commander legend spoilers starting this week but because the set got pushed back from the 6th to the 20th uh spoilers got pushed back too so other than you know some shit that was spoiled on twitter from apparently like germany or something like that where yeah, some, somebody apparently bought every german collector's booster box in the most, world and opened most them all. <laughs> likely it was a german uh game distributor yeah 
and they just cracked everything open and went, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, we're going to sell this. <laughs> yeah, here, we'll sell them all the singles. Um, so, yeah, there was some interesting stuff there, uh, but I'm really looking forward to the spoilers yeah. because well, there's... Just a little side note, that was an eBay posting that they put. Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. That's how the world went, hey, wait a second. That's right. I forgot that's where it came from. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just just a bunch of that, and I'm, I'm getting really excited because I've been saving my magic dollars for... Um, Commander Legends. You know, I'm I'm looking forward to buying more of that product than I normally would buy um, of Magic product. You know, and helping helping Schnell pay off some of his credit card debt, and helping Schnell pay off some of his credit card debt <laughs> while yes. while adding to my own. <laughs> um, as long as we just no, keep trading credit card debt, we'll right? Exactly. It's a beautiful friendship cycle. Um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. And I, I'm actually, I'm really looking forward to getting to have this conversation tonight about Tej's Mutate deck because, you know, uh, he played it first and then Schnell, you played yours. And now I'm like, well, shit, I've got the all the bases um, of the Mutate deck, you know, having bought all the Ikoria precons. Um, like, now I kind of want to make a Mutate deck <laughs> um, because it was, it, was, it was fun. I think, you know, when I did my first... Um, overview of this deck uh you know i was like boy i don't even know what i'd cut like this one this one i had to really do some homework on so i'm excited to get to uh you know have the chance to talk to you guys about this so um you know teach why don't you tell us about what you're trying to do with this deck uh who you have um running it since you know a lot of people might you know I, i'm assuming regular listeners of our show know that you um you know keep it to dragons right as your commander um so, so why don't you tell us, you know, about who runs this deck and what you're trying to do with it before we get into, uh, you know, some of the some of the tweaks that just Schnell sounds, and I have on our list. Just sounds like a hype man. Who runs this deck? You runs this deck. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, a uh, little bit of background here. This is a uh, settle back, folks. This is gonna be a little bit of a tale. <laughs> um, as as Nelson mentioned, hey, uh, take my pants off. <laughs> they're still on. Uh, they're pajama pants, but I can strip those. Oh, good. <laughs> Depends good. on how relaxed you want me. Um, as Nelson mentioned, uh, I do like all of my commanders to be dragons. Um, uh, uh, so, uh, but I also like my commander decks. Once I got all the decks that I had, like upgraded and 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 built and ready to go, um, I wanted like newer decks that I make to be relevant to whatever is you know just coming out so Akoria is coming out and Akoria is bringing with it five new commander decks um, so I look through them because every release for commanders I look for the precon that has a dragon so I can just buy the precon and sleeve up the precon and never change it again so I always have some precons because <laughs> I think that's fun too yep um, Ikoria did not have uh, dragon precon commanders um, but it all it, it did have uh, uh, decks that showcase some of the new mechanics, like the uh, 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 I'm blanking on it. The black, green, white deck was all about the new ability counters. Um, and the oh yeah, Cathril. Uh, yes, and the Sultai deck here was all about mutate. Um, since I didn't get a brand new precon that I can just sleeve up, uh, what I decided to do with this deck is I wanted to run the mutate mechanic, uh, but I put a dragon at the helm. So instead of one of your uh, mutate commanders, uh, this is run by Vorosh the Hunter. Uh, Vorosh is a 6-6 dragon with flying for three, a green, a blue, and a black. And whenever Vorosh deals combat damage to a player, I can pay two and a green. If I do, put six plus one plus one counters on Vorosh. Uh, I also decided to challenge myself a little bit with this deck. Um, when I very first started tinkering around with it, um, I decided I didn't want to try to like break the mechanic or build the strongest deck possible. Um, I still wanted this to feel like a precon sort of, uh, but with just better cards in it that the precon came one came with. So here's what I did. The land base in the deck is 100% straight out of the box. Nothing changed about this land base. There, uh, base. there are no new lands. There are no lands I took out. I didn't change anything. So uh, the 37 lands that you see on the deck are the ones that come with the precon when you buy them. 
I also went back and forth on this next part for a little bit, uh, and I have all 20 Sultai mutate creatures in the deck. Um, I didn't know if I want... The deck itself came with 15 of them. I didn't know if I wanted to run just 15 like the Precon, or put in all 20, and I settled on doing all 20 in the end uh, because that's what this deck is supposed to be, is a mutate deck. So I figured, why not? Um, and the last thing that I uh, did with this deck is uh, you can find this deck on uh, Architect. Are we going to put a link in show notes or something? Is that a thing we do? Yep, that's what I do. All right, so if you go to the link, uh, there's a, th a tab in the corner that says Stats. And when you open up the stats, it'll give you uh, one of the things it shows you is a chart of mana costs and productions. And what I wanted to do is try to keep all those colors as even as I possibly could. Um, and I more or less nailed it uh, with the way the deck is now. So what we're going to do tonight is we're going to talk about uh, some things, see what Schnell and Nelson like about this deck, what they don't like, um, suggestions that they have. Uh, and I have no idea uh, what's going to happen with these suggestions. That's why I'm excited to talk about this. Um, am I going to be able to stick with my uh, keeping my stats the way they are? Are they going to recommend that I take out some of the crappier mutate creatures? Because some of them just are not good. They're <laughs> simply in there just because they say mutate on them. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. So anything that's not a land or a mutate card uh, is completely up for grabs. Oh, that's interesting. Um, that answers a couple of my questions, like um, why there are bounce lands in your mana base <laughs> when why, you don't why, really why have, you have a reason to... so many shitty lands? Yeah, I was like, well, you don't have anything... Like, there's no synergy between putting lands back in your hand. Like, I wonder... Nope. I wonder what that thought was. Um and uh you know i didn't realize that you know when i went through here because you know th you know there are some creatures where i'm like oh well i would probably swap this one for a different one so that's what some of my suggestions are but the other thing i've noticed and i wanted to ask you this because i'm curious if it was intentional or if it just ended up happening that way but this deck might be the first um magic deck ever that i've seen that doesn't run any instant speed interaction yeah um was that was that intentional as well or did it just kind of happen that way and at the end you're like oh wow i didn't even realize this i, I never put any instance in here it was not intentional uh, uh uh let me rephrase this um one of the one of the biggest fears that i have for this deck is the fact that there is no uh uh like instant speed interaction in the sense that there are no instant cards that I have in my hand that I can play to interact with stuff on the board. I do have some activated abilities of things that I can do. Um, and I also have a... I'm also running one Planeswalker in the deck. It's Vivian, Champion of the Wilds. And she lets me cast creatures as though they had flash. So that's also an option if I can find the Vivian and put her out. Um, but... What really ended up happening was um, uh, when I when I when I build decks, I try to um, like include a minimum of of, of certain things, um, and uh, because I wanted to stick with playing all of the uh, mutate cards, when I got to the part of deck building where I want to run, like, single target removal stuff, um, I first and foremost looked at how many of the mutate creatures that I was running that are single target removal, and I believe that I have five of them. Sure, like Dirgebat uh, and things like that. Yeah. Dirgebat, okay. Souvenir Stature, uh, Sawtoss Demolisher, Pouncing Short Shark, Gem Razor, those are all mutate cards uh, that remove things, not at instant speed, uh, except for Dirge Rat, um, and except if I have Vivian out. Uh, but then by the time I got to how many other things do I run want to run for spot removal, um, it didn't feel it didn't feel right just running like one Doom Blade, for example, because uh, having one Doom Blade isn't going to do as much for me. Uh, uh, as opposed to like Drana Colossia Bloodchief, um, who uh, is removal on a stick, 
and because she's a creature, I can mutate onto her. So she's going to do more work in this deck than a Doomblade will. Um, so I honestly like went back and forth many times. I had some some instants I wanted to put in here, but in the end, I decided it was more important for me to have creatures that could interact with the board that I could mutate onto instead of just running instant spells. But uh, as I play this deck more uh, and get used to it uh, and see how it works, there's a very good possibility that that just might change. Like, maybe running zero instance is not the right way to go. Sure. And that's fair. That was just, that was just something that, that I um, found interesting. Um, Chanel, do you want to start? Uh, no, but I will. <laughs> Unless you want me to, I will. No, no, no. I'll, I'll, I'll dive right in this and start with my... Because I, I also have a mutate deck, as we've discussed. Mine is different colors... Because I have Illuma, which I forget what colors that one is. Oh, yeah, that's the King Ghidorah, right? Yeah. The Godzilla um, skin. Uh, what the hell colors is Illuma? Il- Il- Iluna? It's King Ghidorah. Ooh, is it Mardu? It is green, blue, red. Yes. Never mind, Teamer. Yeah. So instead of black, I have red uh, available in my version of this deck. So there's a few odds and ends that exist in mine that can't exist in yours. So I'm not going to try and just go, well, this is what I ran and I, I, I won when we played, but you also <laughs> won when we played. So um, I think this speaks volumes to the, the... The difficulty of this speaks volumes to the way in which we each create decks. Because I think Nelson and I are very similar in that we will do whatever we can to get a deck built but you will have a theme in mind and you will research it ahead of time and you don't build a deck until it's ready I think whereas I will just build stupid shit and then start playtesting it and tweaking it so I think that's why Nelson and I have have a little bit harder time going through and picking stuff but I'm going to dive right in and say I hate Cavern Whisperer and I don't know and I don't remember if you said specifically we can't cut ones but uh, it's it's a four four for five mutates for four. It has menace, which is cool. Whenever this creature mutate mutates, each opponent discards a card. Yes, that's it's mildly annoying. It's not great. Nope, I wow, agree. that's that's the first one on my list too. Okay, um, which I don't think is going to be surprising to teach because he even said when we started this, like there's some you know crappy mutate cards in yeah, here, right? And, and I did the exact same thing with my deck where I yep. started with every single mutate creature that I could run, and then I started playing a couple of games and went, this was a dead card in my hand. I never wanted to cast this when I drew it, and that's how I make cuts. Yep. Um, but Cavern Whisperer was one that I wouldn't want to play because, again, it's four mana for each creature or each opponent to discard a card. It's kind oh, yeah. of just a vanilla, vanilla creature. When I think if you if you've got Vorosh as your commander and you're trying to mutate him and take advantage of his getting ridiculously massive and other like cool mutate things, um, Steelbane Hydra. I think would be a fantastic option in here because it is a two green and X. It's out of uh, out of Throne of Eldraine, but it's one of the specialty cards. Yep. You could only get them out of, uh, I think, Collectors or uh, one of the Commander? No, I don't know. The Brawl decks. Brawl decks, that's what it is. Um, yeah. yeah. So, zero, 0 for two green and X comes into play with X plus one plus one counters on it. Pay three to remove a plus one plus one counter on it. Destroy target artifact or enchantment. Um, with the whole mutate thing, you can sneak this or sneak other bigger things on top of it and then give other creatures the ability to just instant speed remove artifacts and enchantments and have some of the hate that you might need. Yeah. Um, you also have... There's at least one mutate creature in here. I know that uh, when it mutates, you put plus one plus one counters on it. Yep. There it's might the be additional thing. ones. Yeah, the spider thing. Um, so I think that's a pretty good combo. Plus you have a few pieces of equipment to make things a little bit bigger. In fact, uh, I'm planning on actually suggesting you cut one of them, but, uh, Steelbane Hydra, I think would be a good addition to this deck. Alternatively, Bane of Progress. Cause right now I have 28, yes. I have 28 cards on my, Hey, these would be good in this deck. And I struggled to find five cards that I would cut. 
So I'm gonna make a couple of suggestions for my cuts. So Steelbane Hydra or Bane of Progress, 2-2 two, two for six elemental. When it enters the battlefield, destroy all artifacts and enchantments because you only run seven artifacts and two enchantments. So yep. you're rarely affecting your own board state. And then he gets a plus one plus one counter for each uh, permanent destroyed in this way. So creature themed artifact and enchantment removal uh, to go in the place of a crappy discard. I, I definitely agree with this. Um, the only reason Bane of Progress isn't in this deck is because I only own one of them, and it is in another deck. Uh, Steelbane Hydra, though, is a good is a is is a good um, inclusion, um, and this brings me also back to um, I was toying around with the idea of making this mutate slash plus one plus one counter deck to really take advantage of, of Vorosh. And I didn't go that route this iteration of the deck, but it's definitely something I might want to revisit later. Um, it's funny that you you both brought up the points that you made. So like Chanel, that your first cut is Cavern Whisperer, because that's yeah. number one on my list too. And that TG said, you know, you had looked at, you know, the possibility of plus one, plus one counters, because that's kind of where I went with my my thoughts in this. And the first card that I actually suggested, um, you know, because I... I like it in the right situation um, is is uh, Murak Nightblade. So um, it's a CMC4, just like what you'd be paying for Cavern Whisper's Mutate cost, but it's a 2-3 with Outlast uh, for a black. Um, so Outlast, again, pay black, tap it, put a plus one, plus one counter on this creature. Outlast only as a sorcery. But more importantly, each creature you control with a plus one, plus one counter on it has Death Touch. So okay. now you're able to... Um, really take advantage um, by getting even more value off of those counters that you're having because um, now you can give anything that's got counters on it death touch. So it's a it's a cheap card, right? It's like, I don't know, probably 10 cents. It's an 10 uncommon. Cents. Uh, I think it was most recently reprinted in Iconic Masters. Yeah. Um, I completely and, forgot about And yeah, so that's game. that's when I think that you could get for, for the same... For the same mana cost i think this is affecting the game better for you than it is to just uh force everybody to pitch a card that maybe they don't give a shit about anyway um so that was that was one of my suggestions um was was murek nightblade okay um okay but you also suggested cutting the cavern so uh come back at me with your next suggested cut then Ooh, that's a good one come back um i don't know why i'm talking about this I'm kidding. It's the massive amount of rum I put in my drink. That's why I'm talking about this. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so you know, I kind of struggled, honestly, from there on out with, like, what I would do um, because there's a lot of interesting stuff in here, too. Like, like Goreclaw, I like in here. I really, like, honestly, Guilt Feeder, I totally forgot that that thing existed as a card <laughs> until I was going through here, um, you know, and, and looking. Because it's so crappy by itself. Yes, well, Guilt right. Feeder is one of the final three cards I put in this deck. So, so that's one that's like on my, my maybe board, right? And that's one that um, I, I get what, what it's doing here. But one of the cards, you know, and again, I was kind of looking at this from a plus one, plus one counter um, thought process. And one of the cards that I think um, could work if you looked at implementing that kind of a sub theme in here uh, would be Rayhan, Last of the Abzan. So um, Rayhan is a one black green. It's a zero zero human warrior. Uh, enters the battlefield with three plus one plus one counters on it. Whenever a creature you control dies or is put into the command zone, if it had one or more plus one plus one counters on it, you may put that many plus one plus one counters on target creatures. So this just kind of helps you move stuff around, um, do things. You know, it is a partner commander, um, but I thought that you know it allows you to do a little bit more with the counters if that was a way um, that you were looking to go. That is. Um, I didn't know this card existed because I didn't pay that close attention to partners when they came out. Um, I like this a lot in, I think it was in, it was in the Atraxa pre-con, I think. Um, if I, if I remember, uh, so I didn't even realize it really was a thing too much until I started playing with the decks from Commander Anthology 2. And then I was like, oh shit, this card can do some stuff. Um, so I, I like that card a lot. So my only qualm with this card is the fact that it is a human. It's fair. And you cannot mutate Which, Oh, that's right. I forgot yeah. about that. Uh, good point. Okay, that's um, fair. That being said, though, I'm a big proponent of, and I don't remember where I heard this for the first time, um, 
But something I always, uh, advice I always give is don't be a slave to your theme. So if, if, uh, if that's the book of Galatians for the Bible. <laughs> could be, could be. Um, so if, if, if Rahan ends up being like that ability is worth it, even though, uh, uh, she looks like a she, so I will call her a she for now. I believe she's um, a she, yep. Don't, don't at us if we're wrong. Be nice to us. <laughs> um, but if her ability ends up being like that good, I don't mind throwing a human into the deck as just something to sit in the back. That's yeah, cool so card. that was that was one of the thoughts I had. Um, Schnell, what do you, what what else do you have? Um, so I lost my initial list of what I would cut, and I quickly quickly scanned through the deck trying to uh, come up with new cuts or remember my old ones. And this one I managed to remember. And then I also uh, I reinforced my decision to put it on the cut list based on the game we played, actually seeing it in play. And that is Dark Imposter. Yeah. So Dark yep. Imposter on its face seems good because it is a it is a two two vampire assassin for three. Ow. You can pay six mana to exile target creature and put a plus one plus one counter on Dark Imposter. So it fits with your theme. It's good, re- good reusable removal, and it gets all the activated abilities of all creatures exiled with it. However, it is six mana to activate that ability, yep. and that is just a huge, huge, huge cost on a creature, which creatures are easy to destroy in most yep. situations. And that's why it made my list the first time around. And then when we played on Monday, you actually cast this creature. And I went, huh, I can actually see now whether or not my initial belief that the ability was way too expensive is correct. And you did not use that ability one friggin' time. Not once. Because it is so friggin' costly amongst all the other stuff you're trying to do in the deck. So, cut Dark Imposter because it is too expensive. So... Um, Dark Imposter uh, is is a card that I also don't like. Okay. Um, the reason it's in the deck is because I got to uh, the end of building the deck, and I was looking at that stats tab, and I realized I needed more black cards. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and the fact that I... And, and this goes back to uh, no instant speed interaction. Dark Imposter is in- instant speed interaction. It is. Um, it's... Yeah, it's not in, yeah, I was going to say no instant spells, but you have plenty of instant speed. But like you said, option. it's so like, expensive. It's so bad. Like another so another card that I that was in this deck for a while uh, is and now I'm spacing on the name of it. It's a 6 mana uh, creature with flash and it counters a spell when it enters the battlefield, uh, but then it gets plus and plus and counters equal to the uh, CMC of that spell. Oh, I'm missing on the name of that card. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, but I can't think of what it is either. Um, I'll find it. Uh, But anyway, yeah, the only reason that's not in here is because that is also expensive. Yeah. Um, But yes, so what do you suggest I... So, uh, and again, because I have friggin' 28 cards on this list uh, for things I would throw in here, um, we are going to pick... Uh, we'll start off with Karn's Bastion. Karn's Bastion is a land that taps for colorless, or you can pay for to tap and proliferate. Yes, I do like Karn's Bastion a lot. Karn's Bastion, anytime, anytime there's even a minor theme of something with counters, I will try to just crowbar Karn's Bastion in there. Um, an alternative would be Whisper Silk Cloak, which I'm surprised you don't already have. Yeah, I like that Making, card. Yeah, yeah I was going to say making it unblockable and giving it shroud with and again yours is a little bit different than mine my mutate deck is definitely in all your eggs in one basket uh you didn't seem to go quite that route you weren't mutating as much stuff onto Veroche. in fact you didn't cast Veroche as I think early. I didn't cast it at all yeah I was going to say I don't think you could have like there were there were opportunities that I saw you could have but you didn't um but with his ability uh being based on dealing combat damage with a lot of the other because, I mean, you're running Cephalid Constable, you're running, um... I just saw that other guy. Miss, Miss Syndicate Naga. 
yep. several several triggers based on doing combat damage. So making your creature get through regardless of what your opponent has, and being reusable with you know in, in uh, with an equipment like that. Yes. So whisper silk cloak, I would definitely sub in for dark imposter. Uh, take one of your. Uh, you do have Rogue's Passage as another option, but take one of your other shitty lands and replace it with a uh, Karn's Bastion. Yes, I do like that suggestion. So, uh, Two things. One, yep. the card I was thinking of is Draining Welk. Is that a oh, yeah, okay, like, that's it. Worm-looking creature? Yes. Yep. Uh, and two, if my creature has Shroud, I can't mutate onto it. Yeah, but again, you don't you don't go the all eggs in one basket route. No, you have multiple options. So, not being able to uh, target it isn't necessarily a downfall. Because if you you play multiple creatures, so you can always just mutate onto whatever doesn't have the cloak on, and then put the cloak, uh, move it around for two mana. Because you That's did not absolutely ha- true. Yeah, you um, did not have any any instances that I remember where you were down to just a single big mutated creature, and you were never really short on mana for stuff. No. Um, that's why Lightning Greaves isn't in the deck, though. Lightning Greaves was intentionally left out because it gave Shroud, not Hexproof. That's fair. Um, but yeah, you're right. I am running a lot of creatures, and there's no reason, I guess, I couldn't include Shroud in there. That's a good point. Nelson, was Dark Imposter on your list? Uh, it, it was one of my maybes, um, but along with that, I also had... And, and this, it's not that I think it's a bad card here. I just think... I, I don't know if there's something that might help you more, or at least more often. Um, I was looking, and I know you had said you're trying to keep your, your um, black card count up, but one of the other cards on my list that I was looking at cutting maybe would be um, Virtus the Veiled. Um, yeah. So he's a, a, a two and a black for a one one um, death touch. Whenever he deals combat damage to a player, that player loses half their life rounded up. Um, so I get what he's trying to do here, but I just don't know. Um, you know, and again, so I don't have. I'm, I'd have to think of a of a some more black cards to suggest. But one of the other um, cards that I was looking at suggesting at one point in this deck would be uh, again going with that counters theme, um, Colonian Hydra. So that's a, a three and two yes. green, uh, zero zero trample, enters the battlefield with four plus one plus one counters on it. Whenever Colonian Hydra attacks, double the number of plus one plus one counters on each creature you control. So even if you only get to attack with that thing once before you have to find a way to bring it back, if you've got other creatures with counters on them, they're doubling those counters as well. So um, that was one suggestion or observation or thought that I had had too. Colonian Hydra was in a early version of this deck um just because of that the uh the, the plus and plus one counter doubling thing uh that is a very good suggestion and i was sad to take it out but i could definitely put it back in um let's see there was one other one so i there is a card that i've kind of gone back and forth on um in this deck um just because so there's a lot of you have a lot of ways to return um cards to like creature cards right uh to to its owner's hand which is you know you can try to save your stuff or you can get that mutate trigger back again or or whatever it is you're trying to do um and one of the things i'm looking at it's like okay so um i go back and forth like uh between erratic portal um and crystal shard like um because there's other ways to do it. Do you need both of them in here? And again, that was also me kind of being like, can we make some room for for instance? Like, I know you said you don't want a one-off like Doomblade or Murder or, or whatever. Um, but, you know, are there are there other things we can do here, um, you know, to help you? Whether it's like, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know if it's even like a Cyclonic Rift or something. Um, or um, isn't um, Villainous Wealth Saltai Colors too? Yes. And I think, well, you know, I was going to say, but Crystal crystal Shard and Erratic Portal are primarily there to save your own creatures, not to force somebody else to bounce their stuff, right? No, I know I, I know that. I'm saying he's got, I, and I know you want redundancy, right? But there's at least four or five ways to do that here. So I was just, again, I'm, I'm being really honest here. I think this is a really solid deck on its face, and it's hard to find things to cut. Yeah. So I'm not saying it's a bad card or I don't like it here. I'm just saying this is one that I just happened to look at. If, like, yeah. 
you know, if would I, I look at one fit, of those maybe for something else? If I find something that I want to fit in, those are cards I could potentially cut. They're not things that need to go right now. Right, that's that's how I'm looking at it. Because, yeah. again, like, I looked at this thing and went, holy shit, like, I don't know what I, don't know what I would cut, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I do like redundancy, though. Right, exactly. And there's a lot to be said for having yeah. that redundancy. When I, when I saw a Crystal Shard and Erratic Portal right next to each other, that was very obvious. It's like, oh, yeah, same effect almost the exact same card yeah that that we're not cutting either of those in my opinion just because you want it in the deck that's why you have two copies of it sure right that's very true um and i mean i think the other the other thing that might be interesting and this is just like i don't know how this would work necessarily in this deck or if it would but i'd kind of like to see if there's something to be done with um like a helm of the host kind of effect here where you can um you know, but I, that doesn't trickle all the way down all the mutate things, right? It's only the card that's equipped to, or does that in would Helm of the Host inherit all the mutate triggers? That's the thing about mutate. That's why um, Mist Syndicate Naga and Spawn Rider are so good in this deck. Is any copies you make of a mute of a merged permanent, you get the entire merged permanent. So yeah, that's okay. Okay, then yeah, I'd like to see, and, and this is you know not necessarily. Again, this uh, it was really hard to suggest cuts on this deck, but one thing I think might be interesting to see in this deck, if you can find a room for it, uh, would be something like Helm of the Host, where you're able to make, yeah. you know, you, 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 you've you got this That's, stack, right? That and is a fantastic I think, suggestion with this deck. It is. Um, I think I it would think... be needed in both your Mutate decks. I just think in a Mutate deck in general, Helm of the Host um, would be a really cool effect to see. Yes. I, d I think... I don't, I can't, I don't think I bought too many cards for this deck besides all of the Mutate cards. Um, I, th I, I think I... I think most of this if uh, uh, was just what I had lying around, and the only reason Helm of the Host isn't in here is because I don't own one. I've got like four, so if you need one, let me know. But Helm is like definitely something I look. I remember now looking at at the very beginning of the deck, didn't own one and pushed it out of my mind and completely forgot about it until you brought it up again. That is a great thing that needs to go in this deck. Um. So fuck you, Dark Imposter. <laughs> <laughs> um. I we guess did it. We got him out of the deck. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Um, the only other card that I think would be interesting here, um, again, and this this goes back to the plus one plus one counter theme. Um, the only other card that I had on my ad list or think about list, right? Um, I'd like to see something like a Sword of Truth and Justice too, maybe, just because it's a it's a way to get added bonus plus proliferate stuff. So it's uh, one of the modern Horizon Swords, uh, uh, CMC three equipped creature gets plus two plus two has protection from white and from blue, um, so you're safe from you know um, some of the the blue magic that can that can bounce things um but whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player put a plus one plus one counter on a creature you control so it doesn't even have to be the one that deals damage um and then proliferate so if you've got those counters out there um you know like you've been able to sprinkle some around with something like a ray hand or something like that well now you can proliferate across your board um if you've got a way you know like something with your your you know if you get a whisper silk cloak in here or um you know you're able to sneak in like your your naga or something like that for for some quick damage um then you know this allows you to um to to get the proliferate triggers too and really help what's going on yeah um on your board that's a decent idea too the only stipulation i have with that one is the protection from blue because oh I yeah because that affects you too yeah you're not yep. yeah it's not hexproof or something yeah that's a good point that's a good point but again like uh, like Whisper Silk Cloak, like Lightning Greaves, maybe that protection from blue, since I'm not building up one giant creature, maybe that effect just by itself might be worth it for all the other all the non-blue mutates I'm running. Sure, that's true because you're not. This isn't necessarily a Voltron build where you're throwing it all on one creature, you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean that's so that's that's my list. That's what I was thinking. Um. Again, I had a tough time coming up with suggestions to cut and add because i really like this deck as is but i wanted to kind of go outside the box a little bit and i kind of drifted towards the whole plus one plus one counter proliferate kind of thing in addition to the helm of the host idea like oh can you just create piles and piles of <laughs> shit to fuck up somebody's day <laughs> yeah helm of the host needs to get in this deck 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, Chanel, what's uh that that's it for me. What's left for you? Okay. Um, and I'm kind of compiling my notes here because I have so many like random sub-ins, but I'm adjusting based on commentary. So, uh, the next cut card would be trumpeting Nar. Ooh, three is that three. The one I'm thinking of. Three three mutates for five. Whenever this creature mutates, create a three three beast creature oh, token. That's not the one I was thinking of. Okay, okay. Um, on its face, it seems okay. It doesn't become as useful as the game goes on. Like, it's the ability is too expensive to be an early game like race to go wide. Yep. And late game, it's just okay. Well, I have an extra three three beast. But that doesn't really do much when I'm, you know, rocking a 15-15 flyer with eight activated abilities. Yeah. Um, so it's just not... It's nowhere near as efficient as it could be or should be for everything else that's going on in this deck. I agree with that. Uh, Trumpeting Gnar was... Um, so, uh, Back when this deck was only 15 mutate creatures, uh, I did I did not include Trumpeting Gnar, and I did not include Cavern Whisperer as two of them. Okay. So I definitely agree with your with your uh, uh, assessment there. Fair enough. Um, for recommendations for replacements, uh, and again, I'm going to do the cut one, add two, and then you can figure it out on your own. Uh, Ring of Colonia. Ring of Colonia oh, yeah. is an equipment uh, cost 2 to cast, 1 to equip. Equipped creature has Trample, which again for your commander would be great because yes. of it's when it deals combat damage. And then at the beginning of your upkeep, put a plus 1 plus 1 counter on equipped creature if it's green. Yes. So that that is just a mini additional version of your commander and it makes him, it makes him bigger automatically gives him trample so he's swinging through more often even when they chump because flying doesn't always get him there and it it puts him ahead on the uh, whole plus one plus one counter option um alternate uh (laughs) option tranquil grove tranquil grove is out of weatherlight so if you don't know what it is off the top of your head i forgive you uh it is an enchantment for two a green and a colorless it has one ability two green and a colorless Destroy all other enchantments. Because you're only running two other enchantments, again, this is something that will clear your opponents a lot more than it hurts you. And it's just just reusable enchantment board wipe. That's a great card. Yeah. I didn't know this card existed. (laughs) And, well, based on your your, uh, comments of you don't want one-offs, so having this that you can just pop it whenever you want. Like, if you had a Nevenral's disc that didn't destroy itself. Yep. That's <laughs> right. basically what this card is. Yep. So, those are two suggestions that you could sw- sub in when you clear space by taking out that terrible gnar. I like that. <laughs> I like that. I'm surprised uh, I don't know what that... I'm surprised that card doesn't see more play. Yeah, it's... I, I don't even know if it's... Yeah, it's it's a Weatherlight Rare, and it's about $2. It's decent. Yeah. Uh, Nelson, what is your next cut if you have any more cuts to cut? No, I'm I'm out, man. I'm Okay. Like I said, uh, you can you can take over um, the rest of your list here. Okay. Uh, the next cut, uh, Vivian. Really? Yeah. Uh, you can cast creatures that they had flash. That is really good. Uh, I don't think it's as needed in that slot because her other abilities are pretty meh. Like, it's another target, but yeah, until your next turn, up to one target creature gains vigilance and reach. Okay. Um. That's fine. Or look at the top three cards of your library, exile one face down, put the rest in the bottom of your library in any order for the remainder. Or for as long as it remains exiled, you may look at the top card, or you may look at the, uh, the card and you may cast it if it's a creature. So, it is roundabout card draw. Yep. At best, and it's it gives your creatures flash, so that gives you some of the instant inter- interaction that you're looking for. But as a single effect of it, I don't think it's worth it to run just a one of and expect it to show up and do what it's supposed to be doing. Okay. Um, I would replace it 
with a with a planeswalker. Uh, Vraska, Relic Seeker. She is a little bit more expensive because she is a uh, four, a black, and three. Plus two, create a two-two black pirate creature token with menace. So it is a non-human, so it's a mutate target with menace already, which is a good ability to start sneaking your guys through. Uh, so that puts her at eight right away. Minus three, destroy target artifact, creature, or enchantment, so you get more reusable renew, uh, removal. Or if you ultimate her, target player's life total becomes one. Hmm. So it is, yeah, it's three more mana to get out, but I think it gives you more interaction and more uses because, again, mutate targets, uh, it gives you the removal that you might be needing, a little bit of mana ramp thrown in there, and then the ability to drastically cut a game shorter by just putting somebody at one. Okay. So it, it's something that helps you end the game, especially if you're against some, you know, ridiculous life gain thing where they're up to, like, you know, 86 life at the end of their second turn. Makes sense. So, um, option B, after cutting Vivian, throw a Lux Cannon in there. I think Lux we all know cannon. what Lux. I think we all know what Lux Cannon does. Nelson played one tonight. I played one last week, and he destroyed it before I had a chance to do anything with it. But you charge it up, and then again, it's it's reusable. Destroy target permanent after you remove three charge counters. And if you throw in the uh, Karn's Bastion, like I, I recommend, you've got some proliferate in there. You can get that off a little bit quicker. But in your theme of just uh, reusable instant speed interaction permanence, um, it's it's a fantastic answer to stuff that your deck doesn't have a lot of answers for sure. on its face. Um, the last cut, and this is going to sound weird, Batterskull. Batter is it because it's expensive? Batterskull is 5 to cast, 5 to equip. It's 5 to cast to give you a 4-4 four, four Vigilant Lifelink creature, which is pretty good, and then you can bounce it and stuff, but you're, I think you can do better with the mana that you're already producing and you can have better options out there. That might be something that you cut just to have room for more of the other suggestions that I've I've made already. Sure. Um, going through the rest of my list, knowing that you like the uh, like like more permanent stuff, uh, Trailblazer's Boots. I love that card. Equip I actually yeah. put that in in Anawan. Two, two to cast, two to equip. A creature has non-basic land walk. I can't think of a single game I've played in the last three friggin' years where this would not just give a creature unblockable. Yeah. Um, for the exact same effect, almost, Prowler's Helm. Two to play, two to equip. Mm -hmm. Equipped creature can't be blocked except by walls. So that gives you one bad matchup when you're up against um, <laughs> Arcades. Uh, Arcades, yeah. But beyond that, it's effectively making your your big fancy creatures unblockable. Um, anything? Why is my list doubled? No idea. Oh, I think it put stuff into uh, sideboard as well. So Steel Bane Hydra, I said Bane of Progress, I said. Um, one more equipment. I love equipment and equipment and mutate. I feel like going hand in hand because they're the same kind of effect. Yeah. Um, infiltration lens. Whenever equipped creature becomes blocked by a creature, draw two oh, cards. Yeah. yeah. That's so, a good one. Forgot with about a, card. Yeah, with a deck that has so many effects already, uh, based on dealing combat damage, throw something in that's reusable that affects the flip side of that. So when they do finally start blocking you, you still get card advantage, and that's something that with without Vivian's minus two draw an extra card or exile it and then you get to cast it later if it's a creature you know this is just a better card draw in your colors which you have no blue card draw from what I've seen other than a f uh, what the, sh the shark or let's no, not, not talk shark. about the street shark that's how I lost no, no, last no, week yeah okay. sorry not the street shark the, uh, the, the, the octopus oh sea dasher octopus yeah yeah the sea dasher God, yeah. I am so friggin proud that friggin pouncing Sure. Pouncing Shore Shark, a card that I can barely pronounce while sober, uh, <laughs> took down, what, an Eldrazi? Yes. He threw an Eldrazi back <laughs> in your hand so I could swing for lethal because yep. Street Sharks. He pounced me. Jossum. Jossum. 
Uh, yeah, the rest of my the rest of my list when I was putting stuff together. Uh, so we've got because I'm like, okay, what are we, what are we missing in this deck? Nature's claim: destroy target artifact or enchantment. Uh, status and statue: instant destroy target card, uh, artifact creature or enchantment. Or target creature gets plus one plus one death touch. Uh, back to nature: destroy all enchantments. Broken bond: destroy target artifact or enchantment. Put a land up from your hand on the battlefield. Feed the swarm: destroy target creature or enchantment. So I started out going, "Hey, you're missing a lot of artifact and enchantment hate when those can be pretty detrimental." But yeah. then, yeah, I, I I consolidated it down to the reusable stuff, just based on your initial talk at the beginning, but. Yeah, yeah, I like your I like your deck a lot. I don't. Think I do. I do too. <laughs> there's not a whole lot that I would and could cut, but yeah, those because I have five cuts and like fourteen suggestions. Yeah, I, I yeah, really like this a lot. It was a this was a really good exercise, um, and I think it just goes to show how much more um, thorough I think you are in your deck building process than I am. Because I like to I get. I get fixated on like I want to have this particular interaction, or I want to do I want to see what I can do with this one card in particular, and then I build a surrounding cast around it. Um, where you're more, um, like I said, just more thorough, right? And uh, well, I, uh, I I would argue that there's not a better or worse method because oh like yeah I no said, no I'm not saying you, it's better you, or worse I'm I, just saying you and I tend to build decks and then make tweaks after the fact right versus hey, I'm going to research and I'm going to get the deck done before I even build it. I'd much rather start playing the game and seeing the interaction. Because, yeah, it's one thing to analyze a deck on paper and go, well, in theory and blah, 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 and based on the stats. But, like I said, for my Mutate deck, it was, I played it five, six, seven, eight, nine, a dozen times and went, okay, this card, every time I draw it, I just go, god damn it, why is this in the deck? And I sure. replace it with something. I've, well, and that's one of the I've things I'd like to see about flipping cards around in the sleeves when I don't like them or they don't help me. Oh, that's smart. I will cut them right yeah. away because I'm not going to change a deck mid-game, but I'll go, okay, well, this is going in my graveyard and I'm flipping this son of a bitch upside down so I don't have to look at his stupid face. Well, and that's why I, I like that we're doing this exercise. And it's also like why I've kind of liked to, I, I've enjoyed watching the like the evolution, particularly of like Korvald, right? And how that's changed because it's a deck that, you know, um, Teach plays with often and we see a lot, but he's constantly, you know, tweaking that one too. And it's always interesting to see that process. And I think this is a really good exercise for me um, to get better just in general, right? What we're doing with, with each other's decks um, because Honestly, it helps me see I, things maybe I didn't notice before. I, I hope that people open up the, the, the file link to Architect and look at the deck as we're going through stuff Yeah, and kind of seeing how and why we make the, the choices and decisions that we make so that people can also go, oh yeah, I suppose that would be a good reason. Or, man, I love this creature, but after hearing why you'd cut it or seeing it being played, yeah, I know that that's not that. Yeah, great. that makes sense. Right, right. I agree. Um, well, that's perfect. We are, we are right up on time. Um, is there anything... Any of you guys want to add about um, you know Tej's deck or that we talked about tonight or anything else in particular uh, before we wrap it up? Um, Lotus Cobra feels good, but kind of out of place. Like it's just a solid creature, but it's not thematically in line with your deck. It's the last um, note. Lotus Cobra is there uh, because I didn't want to include anything that ramps that I have to tap besides Bird's Paradise. Uh, because <laughs> I was going to say the only other card I could think of was Birds of Paradise, but well, no, yeah. I, I I understand, I understand. It's just it's, yeah, the only reason it, Lotus Curve is there is it, it's a good card. Um, yeah, no, it it's solid. It, it is just, a great it card. Just it doesn't out. do as much work in this deck as it does in Corvold. Uh, oh god! But yeah. I can mutate on top of it uh, sure. and still generate mana from it. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. Well, yeah. cool. Thank you guys very much. Um, you know, and I like uh, TJ. I appreciate you being open to um, you know to the ideas and the thoughts we have, and saying you know, um, well, this is why I thought this thing, or oh, hey, I didn't even I didn't even think of that. I definitely you know want to look at potentially getting that in here. So I think this is a really good exercise. I hope it helps. Like you know, like you were saying, Chanel, to our listeners, um, kind of understand at least how we approach things, and maybe it helps them kind of approach the game in a different way and become you know better deck builders. Um, you know, um, as, as they go forward too. So thank you guys for sitting down and talking to me again tonight. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in and listening. Uh, please remember to rate, 
review, subscribe to the show. Uh, make sure you tell a friend. They can find us on um, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeartRadio, anywhere you consume podcasts. Check us out on our on our social channels at Homebrew Magic. Um, check us out on YouTube too as we upload our VDH games. Uh, and uh, make sure you check back in next week where we will have another deck ready to go uh, and to kind of dissect and talk about and maybe some more some more news in the magic world. And until then, don't drink and scry. I have a song from Chippendale Rescue Rangers stuck in my head right now, and it's not even the theme song. No, no. It's come along, you belong, feel the fizz, a cuckoo cola.